0: To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you, but first we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast Nine to Three Quarters Topic of the Week is Was Harry an accident? Hello listeners, I'm Rhea, and yeah, I think Harry was definitely an accident, no question. And I'm Jem, and I'll be arguing that nah, he wasn't, he was definitely a planned baby. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like before we get into the debate today, we have to discuss what's been going on with Harry Potter recently. Like, we can't ignore it. Oh yeah, fair enough. That makes sense. I mean, oof. Yeah. Yikes. Today, listeners, is the 14th of June. Mm-hmm. So a lot's happened since we last got together and recorded. and So much. From our last episode. Oh, my God. So much is happening in the world. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In terms of the world, like, I don't know about you, but I feel like, because I did a lot of studying of, like, politics and global climate change and big political global changes and all this sort of stuff in my university. So from about 2016 with the Trump election... I kept on being like, yeah, this is the end. Like, this is what is going to start a really big decline in terms of our understanding of the current world state. And i yeah. was like, you're overreacting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not. It's going to lead to resource wars and it's going to lead to political instability in the West and all this sort of stuff. And they're like, you're bullshit. And I feel very upset to say I told them so, but I, I fucking told them so. And I hate it. But I'm also, like, mm. I was thinking about it the other day. I'm in a weird moment. I don't know. I'm just going to go on a weird rant. Is it okay if I got on a little bit of a tangent? Yeah. So, okay. That's fine. Just be warned, listeners. We're getting into a bit of some heavy topics before we jump into whether or not a Harry Potter, the boy wizard, was a planned pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not going to get too deep into it. I just have to say that, like, I've been dreading the year 2020, I didn't know it would be 2020, but I've been dreading this year as it stands for a long time. Like, as someone who's very concerned about the environment, concerned about um, how our political choices affect the world on a global scale and on a national scale, I was very worried about this year happening. Resource wars happening because of a giant pandemic? Yep, terrified of that happening. And now it's happened. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's it's halfway through the year, basically. And this has been, it's felt like the longest year <laughs> in a very long time. Crazy. Do you remember when I drove up for Christmas and we were talking about how it felt like the apocalypse was happening because Australia was on yeah. fire and the country was covered in smoke and I was struggling to breathe while I was driving because I was driving through thick smoke for days mm. and I have asthma. And we were like, this feels like the end. That was, that was in January. Yeah, that was in December. That's crazy. Yeah. It feels like, it feels like the world has ended about four times since then. Yeah. And like, I just, like, I I felt I was dreading it. I was terrified of this year happening. I didn't know how I was going to deal with this year happening. And then the other day on the bus when I was coming back from work, I was thinking about how I'm feeling, which I don't often do. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm thinking about the world. Self-reflection who? I don't know her. (laughs) (laughs) don't know her. I was thinking about how I'm feeling and I'm like, I don't feel scared anymore. Yeah. I feel... I feel galvanized, I feel like the word is. I feel galvanized. I feel like all these, these past four years especially, but for a long time, I feel like I've been preparing for something like this year. And it's just filled me with such an energy of just, I want to fight. <laughs> I want to just help the people who need help and tell people who are ruining the world to fuck off. Like, that's my energy right now. I just... I desperately want to fight for the good of the world. And I just, uh-huh. I'm happy that in some small way, I now have a job where I'm able to donate and actually give funds to causes that I think need the attention. I'm able to use the tiny little platform that I have on this crappy little Harry <laughs> pod- podcast to tell people to direct their attention towards important causes. And I'm just, I'm just trying to be holistic. I'm trying to be like, I can use what I have to do what I can to... I don't know do something positive with my time and money and energy and now it's the best time to do it because it's also the shittest time that i've seen in a long time does that make sense i don't know i just yeah it does yeah that's what i was thinking about the other day how How are you going you're maybe not phrasing it in the most (laughs) eloquent way but i understand what you're getting at also big gen z energy to be like the world's ending let's fuck shit up (laughs) the world's burning let's masturbate um oh, no. God <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling galvanized, mm-hmm. I'm feeling radicalized, I'm feeling ready to fight and ready to fight for my friends and loved ones and mm-hmm. ready to see some change, you know? <laughs> that's how I'm feeling. I'm definitely more on the defeatist side of things, which is like bummer. <laughs> millennial energy, big <laughs> millennial, millennial energy, energy. yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> We're like Probably in late teens, early 20s, especially with climate change. Oh, yeah. Realizing, like, how fucked the world was. Mm -hmm. Climate change and overpopulation were the big things I was worried about when I was younger. That and the fact that I couldn't get married. Those were my big issues. (laughs) 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 Like, realizing how fucked the world was and how easy it would be to fix these problems, but everyone with the power and resources to do so weren't going to. And they were never going to. Because they don't because give they a don't fuck. care. Because they'll yeah. die before these are problems. So they may as well just amass a bunch of wealth now. But even when these problems arise, they'll have the money and resources to be able to escape these problems for a long time. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't matter. Underground bonkers or whatever the fuck. Yeah. yeah. So just realizing that like the problems of the world are very very solvable but they won't be solved and there's nothing I can do about it was like oh my god yeah. that has shaped my entire worldview and personality going into adulthood <laughs> <laughs> and also I can remember really distinctly having a conversation with all of my friends like I had a core friend group in high school and we had like sort of a 10 year reunion of when we all became friends this was a couple of years ago I remember that yeah Yeah, it was like two or three years ago because we all met and became friends when we were like 14 and we had like a Mm. 10-year friendship anniversary. It was really cute. That's cute. Because we all live in different cities around the country now. And we were all sitting around and talking about like life and our futures and our jobs and our partners and our, you know, what we wanted. And overwhelmingly, we were like, yeah, so the world's probably ending in our lifetime. So I guess... I'm not really thinking about building a future as much as I am, like, weathering the storm. And (laughs) we were especially talking about, like, having kids. And we were all like, not all of us, but some of us were like, yeah, I definitely want kids and I definitely want a family. But I don't think it's ethical to have children because the world is ending. So if I want to have children, I really want to adopt children. Because I want children that already exist and are already doomed to live in our (laughs) dying world. (laughs) But I don't want to create children and then doom them to live in our dying world. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's a big mood for me. (laughs) So that was like, we're all having this conversation and I remember talking about it later with mum and dad and them looking at me like I'm absolutely insane oh they do that to me all the time oh my god like what I'm saying is just ludicrous and makes no sense and they're like you can't think like that I'm like how can I not think like that (laughs) I think it's a it's not just generational too it's also like an age thing where it's like oh the kids don't know what they're talking about mum often does like people often do that to me that are older they're like oh but you don't know that like these sorts of things are going to happen and like I know I'm not fucking a psychic okay but I have studied these things in actual degrees and courses and university lectures I've actually studied and looked at the statistics and written papers about it and done lengthy research projects on what's going to happen with Antarctica and the Arctic and what's going to happen with rising sea levels and how it will affect the poorer populations of the world versus the rich populations of the world. I actually do know Mm -hmm. how these things are going to pan out if we continue at the rate that we're going at, which we are, because no one's going to do anything about it. And (laughs) it's just really annoying when people just don't take you seriously because you're young and a woman. I don't know if it's a woman thing too, but God. Um, yeah. Anyway. This is, this is like... Not as much for me, because I'm just sort of like a fuckwit that just forms opinions based on nothing, and all I care about is books. But you, like, are an actual educated adult, and this is your area of expertise. Like, you have published papers on Antarctica. (laughs) (laughs) I do love Antarctica, I'm not gonna fucking lie. I'd love to go there, but it's so unethical of me to go to Antarctica. The impact that my one-person presence would have on that fucking volatile environment. Oh, so bad, but I want to (laughs) go! Anyway, <laughs> that's a whole nother kettle of fish. This is a wild beginning to this episode. I'm sorry, Liz. I, just, I <laughs> had to get it out. I don't go to therapy <laughs> yet. I had to get it out somewhere. Anyway. (laughs) Therapy is really good. I highly recommend therapy. Oh, I booked it. Don't worry. I'm I'm getting there. Okay. Um, Harry Potter only matters now because I guess (laughs) the whole community is not transphobic, except for some vocal minorities that suck and we hate them. Also, thank you, Rupert Grint, Bonnie Wright, Eddie Redmayne, Danny Radcliffe, and Emma Watson for being absolute champs and being like, fuck JK Rowling and taking a piss on her. I love that so fucking much. Yeah i'm so happy that like for all of the harry potter actors all the the core the core generation of harry potter kids mm. who are now adults don't feel like they're so indebted to jk rowling for like everything that she's done for them that they have to support her and yeah, her insane mean, views okay. that their their loyalty is very much on the side of like the fandom and the community and that's really great i'm yeah. very happy about that yep. they're on the right side of history and i adore them for that yeah and I really, like, I, I saw a post on Twitter about it where someone was saying that what Danny Radcliffe has said in support of tra- the trans community is literally saving lives. And it is true. Like, mm-hmm. these actors are coming forward, they're idols for so many people around the world. People for their entire childhood have looked up to Rupert Grint, our lord and saviour. I mean, why wouldn't you? He's a great man. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, yeah, it is such life-saving words to say, so I really do appreciate them for doing it. And I really do... I mean, I, we've said it a thousand times. I'll say it a thousand times again. We stand with the trans community. If you're out there and, and you're non-binary or trans, this will always be a safe space for you and I'll always fight for you and defend you in mm-hmm. every single turn. And we love you. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I think something that people maybe underestimate and maybe actually something that we can empathize with a little bit more now is how isolating it it can be to realize that you're queer i'm talking about like when Mm. you're young realizing that you're queer and not having like people that you can talk to or like resources because you're young and you're isolated and you're afraid all you have is stuff you can find on the internet and like the people that you idolize and the things that they say can have an incredible impact on you Mm mm-hmm And maybe this is something that we can get a little bit more now in like a post, or not post, in a currently dealing with COVID world where we're all so incredibly isolated and so incredibly dependent on, you know, what we can read online and what we can see in the news. You really can't Mm -hmm. underestimate how much of an influence the voices of people are. Do you know how I'm phrasing this so badly? Yeah, no. no, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The things we say have power more than ever Mm -hmm. now. And they can connect us. And I, I just... I really appreciate that people are consistently coming back to the issues that matter right now. Trans rights, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. the environment, eat the rich. I'm here yeah. for it. I'm here for this constant vocalization of power and of love and support. And I just... That's what I'm happy about. And I think... Is that what you're getting yeah, at? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Wow. Anyway, that was our big rant. Now let's have a very dumb episode about a stupid topic that we picked because we thought it would be funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we should preface before we get into the debate, just one last thing. It doesn't matter if you're an yeah. accident or not. The whole world's an accident, love. Oh, yeah. The whole world's an accident. Of okay, course. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, what matters is that you're in a family or a support system or whatever it is that loves you and raises you and protects you and cares about you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that, I'm so sorry and I hope you get that one day. Yeah. Definitely all lives have value, whether they're planned to be created or not. Never meant any sort of disrespect to the idea of being an unplanned child. Absolutely not. Yeah. I don't even know about myself. I think you were planned, but I'm not sure about me. I know that they wanted to have a kid, but they kind of took a break for a bit, mum and dad. I'm not sure if it was, like, intentional for me. I think the story there is that, um, I was definitely planned because I know that mum had to go through like, a little bit of stuff in order to try to have me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they wanted another child, but I can't remember. It was either there's, like, there's almost four years between us yeah and either she wanted there to be two years between us but you took a while to happen as well for the same sort of reasons Mm -hmm. or she was planning on there being a bigger (laughs) gap between us and you were early yeah (laughs) I can't remember which way it is I think I think you were supposed to be around two years earlier (laughs) but you were supposed to be two years older and a boy but you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah A boy named Jack, but that's not how it happened. God, imagine Ria and Jack's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so funny. Um... (laughs) Oh, I love the idea of you as Jack. That's nuts. You would be so different. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Jack ranting to me about Antarctica and trends, right? So I'm like, you're my little boy. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd just be like Josh, my partner. Kind of a similar energy. Mm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right, anyway, let's get into the debate. All right. Harry was definitely a planned child, okay? So I have some facts here about Harry's birth. All right. right. So he was born on the 31st of July, 1980. 80s baby. woohoo! James was 20, and so was Lily when Harry was born. Oh, babies themselves. So young. Okay, so... Oh, so young. <laughs> I'm 22. What have I done with my life? I haven't gotten married, had a baby, and died yet. What the fuck? <laughs> I do like. I remember on my twenty-first birthday being like, "I've outlived James and Lily Potter." I don't know. <laughs> I mean, There's a weird moment of realization. They were so young. They were so young. Far oh out. god! If you're younger than twenty-one now, <laughs> like you've still got time. You can still live that James and Lily Potter life. <laughs> <laughs> Get on it! God. <laughs> it's Woo! it's over for the rest anyway, of us um... crones. The rest of us crypt keepers <laughs> yeah, from yeah, beyond the all... grave. <laughs> No heroes over 21 in the Harry Potter <laughs> series. <laughs> anyway, so Lily, it's unclear about when she became pregnant, but it's somewhere between September and November of 1979. Okay. We, we don't know what month. I'm just, this is important for later. Alright. It's also unclear when James and Lily's got married. Um, it could be anywhere from June 1978 to November 1979. Which you remember is could have been a time when Lily was pregnant. Okay, so, so you're saying possibly shotgun wedding? God no, <laughs> we know that's not true. <laughs> okay, <All laughs> I'm right. just giving you the important dates for coupling and childrening. So, so basically, like yeah, we know that they kind of got married between 1978 and 1979, and then Lily got pregnant with Harry in like late 1979. That's what we know. Okay, right. Okay. So they were married for a while before they became pregnant. They could have been married for up to six months before they got pregnant, or maybe a few months before Lily got pregnant, or as Lily was pregnant. It's unclear. Okay, right. Yeah, Yeah. it's a really shaky timeline. Okay, but let's talk about how fucking young they were, because we're already on that. Yeah. So, you're talking about years and stuff, but, like, they were 21 when they died, which means they were about 18 or 19 when they married. So, they effectively got married right out of Hogwarts. Yep. And that, like, marrying that young seems a bit crazy to me. (laughs) But whatever. I I can understand it because there was a war on. So, like, Mm -hmm. the logic of, you know, we might not live very long, so let's live the time that we do have right now together. That makes sense. Like... When you're marrying that young and under those circumstances, it's like you're thinking less about how you function as a couple and how you're going to, like, build a relationship and a life together that will last decades or, like, maybe a century because they're wizards. Who knows how long wizards live? You're more just thinking Mm -hmm. about, like, you know, we're in love right now and we want to be together today because there might not be a tomorrow. That makes sense. But that sort of mindset doesn't make sense for creating a child. Okay. We might be dead tomorrow, let's have a baby. What? Like, babies require stability and safety and, like, a long-term commitment of time and energy and resources. Okay. That's that's huge when there isn't a war. All right. It just seems nuts to me that there would be, like, baby time now when they're so young and in the middle of a war. Alright, here's my counter to that. So we're talking about how young they are they did everything young yes james and lily had to grow up really quickly pretty much as Mm -hmm. soon as they graduated from hogwarts they married and joined the revolution like that's what they did (laughs) they already had defied voldemort three times from the ages of 17 to 20 i mean like what have we done yeah i know between that time (laughs) i've accomplished nothing in my life (laughs) I have published a paper on Antarctica, and that's it. (laughs) That's it. I I guess I have a master's degree. I've watched all of Futurama a couple of times. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Watched Doctor Who a couple of times. Uh, Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. So, they're going through these kinds of experiences so young, and they mature you faster. They probably felt ready to have a child by the time they were 20, because they'd already gone through several rigorous years of hogwarts which were tainted by war wartime and and death and misery they had gone in straight into battle they would married they're like established as a couple they're fighting for their rights to live it's like having a baby it's just like another walk in the park it's like you know what we're ready we want to have children like you said before it's a wartime. We don't know if we're going to die tomorrow. Now's the time. We want to get married. We have to do it now. We've always wanted to have children together and start a family. We have to do it now because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, but that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I happened. Mean, yes. They didn't, they didn't know that they were going to kill <laughs> No one knows that. Um, no one knows that. But like they had more of a clue than most people because, okay, I'm going to compare them to Molly okay. and Arthur, right? So Molly and Arthur were, like, a little bit older. They already had some young children when the war started, and they were already deep into, like, marriage, family life, blah, blah, blah. You can imagine that the way that they got through the war was just by, like, covering themselves in this blanket of domesticity and trying to keep themselves safe and just ride it Mm -hmm. out. Because they weren't frontline fighters. But James and Lily were in the Order of the Phoenix, and like you said they had already thrice defied Voldemort. So they were, like, active, prominent fighting... They were effectively, they were frontline fighters in the war against Voldemort. So it just seems crazy to me that they would be trying to start a family under those conditions. Mm. Getting married, sure. Like, like you said, we might die. Let's Mm. get married. But trying to start a family, like, like I said, it requires so much more stability. Yeah, but which they just didn't have. It's also like started. I've never had a baby. Okay. (laughs) Full disclosure. I've never had a baby. I've never started with anyone, but some people like to view having a child as bringing hope back into a relationship sometimes or into the world in the case of James and Lily. Yikes. Like they're going, I know (laughs) they're going through a very, very (laughs) tough period of time and they're married. They're in love they aren't able to live the life that they wanted to live but they do want to celebrate their love together and have a family together and i can see that like the desperation of the time is like oh you know we could die tomorrow is it responsible of us to have a baby when you know we mightn't be there to take care of it it's it's about the difference between existing and living you know yeah it's like should we have to live constantly in fear is that right of us to be living in fear and to repress what our wants and our desires and our hopes for the future because of the world that we live in? Or should we be able to have a child and bring love and hope into our lives and think of the future that we want to create in the world that we're fighting for? That definitely makes sense. And I like the sentiment but you are speaking to someone who's previously established that she doesn't want to have children because she doesn't believe it's ethical. Look, so, like, I'm, not, I'm only going to be so swayed by that argument. Look, I'm in the same boat as you, ethically. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm thinking of it from the point of view of a few generations back as well. And war, mm-hmm. and also is different to climate change, wizards have very traditional. Yeah. Okay, so war is different yeah. to climate change. Wars come and go. Wars will end one day. Climate change just keeps going unless we do something about it. And even then it's a bit too late. Um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> different situations. Yes, slightly different situations. So do you have more to say about like Lillian James and their attitudes? Um, in terms of like how conservative they are about children and stuff like that? Or no, just like why they would want to have children. Okay. So we don't really know much about Lillian James, but what we do know is that mm. James lost all his family, right? Basically. So he came from a family that was uh, quite privileged. He had a lot of money. He came from quite a big family. But they were all kind of killed during the war, or as we know of. They basically were wiped out. Lily came from a family that seemed, from what we know about it, quite simple, maybe a little bit conservative, quite isolated from the world that she has to grow up in and live in. She's come from a family that's been torn apart by the fact that her sister and herself don't get along. Both of them when they're probably in their relationship mm-hmm. stage, they're probably seeking family in one another and seeking a new future together, which can bring the things that they lacked, that they're lacking into, like, a new light. So, you know, James is lacking his family. Lily is lacking a family. They probably do want to have kids together and start a new chapter together. That's something that I could see them wanting quite easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely picture that. I think from memory, didn't James's parents die young of dragon pox or of some sort of magical illness like that? I don't know. I didn't actually research it. From what I understood, that they were still alive when he was attending Hogwarts because Sirius is yeah. to say he was always welcome at the Potters. But maybe James lived with his grandparents. I'm not sure. No, James. James definitely lived with his parents. Yeah, cause Snake because Snape invented that. Yeah, yeah. They, they effectively adopted Sirius, like he said. But just a few years out of Hogwarts, they're out of the picture. Mm, I'm pretty sure. From sickness, right? I think they died from sickness. Okay. Because I know that James came into quite a large inheritance, which is the Potter Potion inheritance that his entire family have been living off. Sleek, easy potion. For generations. Yeah. And he was able to use that money to support himself, Lily, Sirius, Remus, and probably Peter Pettigrew as well, because all of those were full time yeah. members of the Order of the Phoenix. None of them had jobs. He was probably supporting other members of the, Phoenix, of the Order as well. He was probably doing a lot of funding for that. Yeah, he was probably bankrolling quite a bit of what they were doing. Yeah. Where was I going with that? <laughs> oh, yeah, because his parents died. Like, it doesn't make sense that he would be bankrolling all these people and supporting all of his friends if his parents were around to be like, that's not a good use of money. <laughs> Please invest in your own future. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Lily... Like, we know that Dudley and Harry were born around the same time. It makes Mm -hmm. sense that Lily's like, okay, my sister, whom I'm largely estranged from, has, like, married and is having children. Like, you can see how that would stir up feelings, especially when there's not quite a sense of competition between the two, but a sense of, Mm -hmm. like... Comparison. Comparison, definitely. And from their parents' perspective as well. It's like, you can see how Lily would be affected by what Petunia's doing in her life. Mhm. Yeah. Mm, I can definitely see those attitudes. So I'm right. <laughs> yeah. I can see your perspective. Something that I'm struggling with and I guess why my argument might be like biased and a little bit of a mess is because I genuinely don't understand why people want to have children <laughs> in real life. <laughs> like I know the reasons but I don't I don't feel feel them, yeah. I guess. So, like I do with all of my questions, I went to the internet <laughs> and I found 10 reasons why people want to have kids and 10 reasons why they don't. Interesting. From a website called wehavekids.com, which sounds like it came out of my nightmares. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So I thought... Is this going to be a bit of a biased website? <laughs> it? I think so. So I thought we might be able to go through this list and have a look at which of these things apply to James and Lily. Sure. What do you think about that? All right, why not? Okay, I'm going to go through, like, one reason why you would want to have children and one why you wouldn't at the same mm-hmm. time, and we can compare them. Pros and cons, right. Yeah. So the first reason to have children is they want to create a family, which I think we've yep. we've talked about. Yeah, that applies to James and Lily. Um, and the first reason to not have children is the environmental impact, <laughs> well, which I just don't think applies. Yeah, not really. (laughs) But it is nice that, like, I'm justified in my reasons for not wanting to have children. Vindication. (laughs) Vindication. The second reason to have children is to carry on the family name and values. And the reason to not have children is economic impact. Doesn't apply to them. I mean, there is no more Potters except James. That could have been another urge for him. Like, oh, you know, I do kind of want to keep the Potters alive as well. And also, he's got the money. so Yeah. I think the economic impact isn't there because he's loaded, so that's yeah. not a problem. Carrying on family name and values? I think that's a reason. I don't know why I'm arguing your side. Yeah. I mean, it, in the context of the series, and what we understand about sort of the kind of heteronormative, carrying on the family traditions and ancestry is very important in the series, so mm-hmm. yeah, I can see that as a re- reason. Uh, there's something like What's it called? Like the list of families or something? Or the oh, first the, 21? Yeah, the, it's something like that. It's a pure blood, like elite sort of families that have been there forever. Not necessarily yeah. elites, but just like the long lineages of pure blood lines. Yeah, like the pure blood families that exist in Harry Potter. Yeah. And bef- Sacred 21 or something Before like that. Before Harry is born, James Potter is on that list. The Potter is part of that family until he, you know, taints his blood mm. with his marriage to Lily. Harry Potter is a fucked series. Oh, yeah. The Weasleys I- are also on there. Yeah. Yeah, the idea of, like, legacy, family, blah, 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 those are huge in Harry Potter. I can see, especially for James, like you said, coming from this massive family with this legacy of this potion empire. <laughs> yeah. You can see why he'd be like, I need a child and an heir, even if it's not in the creepy sort of way that the Malfoys do it. Mm. Yeah. Everyone I know is dead. I need to have more children. Yeah. So I'm going to say that's a reason for. Next reason for, you love babies and small children, and reason against stress levels. I think this is where I'm going to win. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, we have evidence that they love babies from Lily's letter. Like, and from the the images that Voldemort sees through the windows. You know, they're having a great time. It's wholesome. Like, you know, I love that. (laughs) Our evidence for the fact that James and Lily love children is when Voldemort's watching them through the (laughs) window. About to kill them. Yeah. um, mm, It's a fun time. Uh, And also the images, the photographs of, like, you know, young Lily and James with baby Harry. Are, Are those just movie things? I'm not sure. But anyway, I'll count them. something That's that fine. makes me cry every time I watch it in the movie is actually in part two of movie seven, which isn't my favorite movie. It's like definitely bottom two. But anyway, um, mm. it's 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 like the flashback in the princess tale or whatever. And Lily's at Harry's crib. The house is being invaded. James is probably dead at this point. And she's like, "You are so loved, Harry. You are so loved." And I'm just like, "Oh god, it's just so upsetting." <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh. I... But I don't think that's what this is. I don't think it's...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. I think there's a big difference between, like, as a reason to have a child because you love babies and small kids versus loving your child. Yeah. Like, I think this website, com is going to assume that you will love your child. Everyone loves their child. Mostly. Yeah. Um, mostly. I, there's a difference between being like, oh, I love babies. I love hanging out with babies, love toddlers. Everything about kids is great. And, like, being willing to die for your son, Harry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, we don't really have much in, t- in, in like knowledge of what Lily and James were like with other children, because we don't really know, like, any situ- situations. But I could imagine that maybe they met some of the younger Weasley children, like, maybe um, the older Weasley children, sorry, who were young at the time um <laughs> bill mm-hmm. charlie perhaps they might have just been like interacting Maybe. with them but it, we don't know for sure we know like this is such a lesser example but we know that they were head boy and girl okay of gryffindor and that means that you have, you have to take to care of younger people kind yeah. of like not in a mother and father kind of way but you have to take on yeah. that role of responsibility and like yeah keep an eye on the More like More like an older sibling sort of way where you smack them when they get out of line (laughs) and then they start crying and then you're like, oh, shut up, shut up, shut up. (laughs) Mom's coming. McCordical's coming. Shh. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't imagine them as the type to, like, if they heard a baby crying, to be like, ugh, like me. <laughs> They'd be more like, oh, poor thing, how do I help it? Like, I always find it so amazing when I'm out in public or I'm interacting with someone and a baby starts crying or, like, a little kid starts crying. My instant reaction is, oh, gotta get out of here, like, I hate hearing it. Mm. And then, like, another person who's with me is like, oh, poor, poor Tyke, poor bugger, they're having a rough one. I'm just like, God, you're such a better person than me. <laughs> Yeah, a, I hear that sound in my vagina close up and I just want to leave <laughs> I, I want to get out of there as quickly as possible uh, like <laughs> I'm I'm not as anti-kid as you I think from from what I've learned in the past five seconds <laughs> oh, I I don't mind kids it's just as soon as they start screaming I'm like I'm out of here yeah oh, God. I'm I guess I'm my problems with parenting is more like I'm terrified of the responsibility and of failing to do it goodly <laughs> Um, I like kids oh, yeah. mostly. Like, I, no one loves a screaming child, unless you've met some sort of crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> they have that instant empathy, though, whereas my instant response is, please stop. Yeah, <laughs> like, I definitely don't have that just... instant empathy. I, one of my um, friends yeah. is, ooh, this is a secret, but nobody knows who she is, so it's fine. <laughs> Oh god, no, don't tell everyone. No, they're thinking about starting a family now, so she's like starting to plan for having a child, which is fine, because she doesn't listen to this podcast and nobody can identify her based on what I've just said. (laughs) But it is a secret. (laughs) So, shh, listeners, don't tell anyone. Gosh, the worst friend. I know, (laughs) but she's very like that. She's really, I think clucky is the word? Yeah, clucky. Yeah. Yeah, loves kids, loves hanging out with kids. Yeah, knows how to talk to them, where yeah. uh, I don't know how to talk to them. They say yeah. such mystifying things. I like children. Like, I used to like work with children. I used to tutor kids in, like, school ages. I- I'm fine with that. But babies, oh no, I'm not down for that. I- I've i never held a baby. I don't want to. I'm too scared mm-hmm. of it. What if you drop them? Their skulls aren't yeah. together. They've got so many soft spots and way too many bones. What's with that? <laughs> what if they have so many bones? They don't need that many bones. <laughs> anyway, So yeah, I'm definitely not clucky yet. Maybe at 35, I'll probably be like, yeah, it's time to maybe start thinking about having kids. I don't know. Um. (laughs) Anyway, this has become about us and not about Lily and James. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We don't know about Lily and James. We just don't know. Yeah, We don't know. I'll leave that one blank. For stress levels, I think yes. Okay. I think that is a reason to not have a child, especially during a war. It's going to be so stressful. From what we saw of their interactions with baby Harry and from what we learned from like sort of outside characters like Dumbledore, Hagrid, the letters that we saw from Lily, they didn't seem too stressed about raising Harry and taking care of Harry when he's quite young. Like, I understand they're in a pretty shitty situation, they're in a war zone with a baby, but they Mm -hmm. seemed quite content, they seemed quite happy, and they didn't seem very, like, you know, stressed about it. But maybe that's a rose-tinted view of, like, people after death. I don't know. What about, isn't Um, the letter that Jane? Sorry, the letter that Lily writes to Sirius that Harry finds in Sirius's bedroom Mm -hmm. in the seventh book. Isn't there something in there where it's like James is having a really hard time staying at home and staying in hiding? He really wants to be out there with you. I don't remember that. I might be exaggerating, (laughs) but it's something like, you know, James, James is struggling with this. Um, I think that's what happens. Let me see if I can find it. Because I think that's going to be interesting to our argument. Oh, God, it's so hard to type. Yeah. Lily. I thought it was more like James' meeting with Dumbledore to give him the cloak. That's why he was out. And she was talking to Bathilda and having tea with her. I do not remember. We learned that Sirius sends Harry the little broom present which he uses to chase away the cat uh, by accident and knock over a vase that Petunia got Lily. I always found that detail interesting. Petunia gets Lily presents still. Yeah, that's cute. Which is interesting. You don't know if it's more of a formality thing, but then again, they get Harry presents out of formality and it's things like napkins and used Mm. tissues and ear picks and stuff like that where she got her a a vase. And to Petunia, that would be a very nice gift because it's like an ostentatious ornament to have in your home to present to guests and be like, Oh, look at my fancy vase. So that would be, like, a nice gesture on Petunia's part. Yeah. Even though Lily sees and goes, ugh, an ugly vase. But it's still a sentiment that I really appreciated to read yeah. about. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Lily and Petunia's relationship is so interesting. We've got to do an episode yeah. on them. Anyway, yeah. here's the line from the letter. <laughs> James is getting a bit frustrated. Shut up here. He tries not to show it, but I can tell. That's that. Also, okay. Dumbledore's got, still got his invisibility cloak, so there's no chance of excursions. If you could visit, it would cheer him up so much. Okay, I'm not sure yeah. if that's stress because of having a baby. It's more James's personality. James is the kind that likes to be extroverted and going out and exploring and adventuring and falling around with his friends. Yeah. I think that's because he can't leave the house because he's housebound because of prophecy bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just getting a bit ISO crazy, maybe. <laughs> he's yeah. one of those Look, types. Big mood. <laughs> Yesterday... Yesterday, I got... This is the weirdest fucking thing. This is just another tangent about me. This is the episode where we just talk about our personal lives. (laughs) Because deep down, neither of us are that interested in the concept of having children, so we've kind of lost (laughs) (laughs) interest. I have arguments. I'm getting to them. I have arguments as well. I've got a great one that I'm going to bring up later. But the other... the other day I woke up and I'm like, man, I'm so lonely. I should really try and get a roommate to move in with me. And then I'm like, no. <laughs> you hate roommates. I would hate that. I am so happy living alone. I became clinically depressed the last time I had to share a house with someone. Yeah. Like literally clinically depressed, had to go on antidepressants because I was so miserable. Anyway. Yeah hate people, don't want them around. But I've been in ISO for like going on three months now. I can't even remember how long. It definitely drives you crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think stress level I think stress is a reason to not have a child. <laughs> yeah. For some people it's a reason to have a child though. Yeah, I guess. I'm I'm counting it for me and I'm where we don't know enough about love babies and human children. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Next reason to have children, human biology, and reason to not have children, unhappiness. (laughs) Next. I'm skipping this. This is bullshit. (laughs) Human biology. I hear enough about that on fucking HP Twitter, okay? I don't want to hear any more of this (laughs) on our fucking podcast. Doesn't matter. Your biology doesn't matter in terms of wanting to have a child or not. I am a woman with fully reproductive organs, as far as I know. I haven't checked. And I have never had the urge to get pregnant in my life. And I probably never will. It's been a thing that's been with me since childhood. I'm currently a young adult and never in my life have I wanted to get pregnant. That is never Mm -hmm. a thing that's occurred to me. It happens to other people. That's great. Good for them. Not me. It has nothing to do with biology. Everything about pregnancy is a body horror nightmare. It's... Pregnancy is one of the big reasons why I don't want to have a child, because <laughs> I don't want to deal with yeah. that. Nobody does. I'm not keen on it. I think. It. I'm pretty sure nobody wants to be But pregnant. like some... I can, from a scientific point of view, I'm like, that's actually really fascinating how it all works. I think it's interesting, yeah. but I'm also like, her- the thought of it happening to me, literally I've had nightmares. I have two main reoccurring nightmares. One is that I have to go back to school for some reason and do math again, and they won't let me yep. change the subject.
1: <laughs> the other
0: <laughs> is that I'm suddenly pregnant and I have to deal with that. And it's not right necessarily... There you. Yeah. It, like, once I have the baby, it's usually fine, kind of, unless I'm in a weird stage and I don't want the baby. Mm-hmm. But... Ha- be the pregnancy part is the worst, and I'm just like I, I the thought of it is most horrific thing, and the fact that some people in the world have to be pregnant without their choice is the most horrific thing I can oh, think of. Horrifying. That is horrifying most horrific thing. Especially um, that it happens to children. Oh, that's oh my the worst. God. Oh my god. Oh, this is gonna yeah. be a rough episode. Anyway, yeah, definitely. I've definitely had the nightmare where it's like the baby's coming, and I'm like, but I don't want to be pregnant. Yes. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. In labor. Oh yes. god yeah oh. <laughs> anyway, um. <laughs> anyway let's skip this so we're reason. just leaving those blank yep. um, unhappiness I don't think that's a reason for James and Lily to not have children no, I don't think they would have believed that a baby would make them unhappy no. so that's crazy next reason to give and receive unconditional love and reason against is just the word sleep this is a weird list <laughs> I don't like this list Give and receive unconditional love. Get a dog. Like, man. You're already married. Like, what what, more do you want? Bringing a baby into the world is a permanent fucking decision. It's not something that you can just do because you want love, okay? I'm sorry. That is a reason why so many people have kids, though. uh, When you're having a child, that means your life stops, okay? You're no longer a person. You're a parent now for the rest of your life. That never changes. You lose your rights now. You are second in your life to this baby that you just had. If you want love, do something else with your life. Get that self-fulfillment, honey. Like, oh my god. (laughs) Anyway, um... (laughs) So you don't think that's a reason for Lily and James to want to have a child? I think they were already, like... I I don't know. I'm not... I'm arguing that they wanted the child. I think they do want the kid. And, like, they love the kid. I don't think it's a reason to have a baby, though. I just find it very hard to wrap my head around. Like... It's It's weird, because... I thought you'd jump on this because of everything to do with the love spell and really yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I guess. Unconditional love, blah, blah, blah. She is. She's the paragon of love in the series and the representation of unconditional love and unwavering love and strength and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, I'll jump on it. Fine. Yeah. It's, it's there. I just also, still, I hate whoever wrote that list. <laughs> it's yeah. such a, it seems, it comes from such a place of insecurity and I'm like, you need to be more sure of why you want to have a kid when you make the decision to have a kid. Also, I think but, you're really focused on receive unconditional love. The reason is to give and receive unconditional yeah, love. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know, that just really hit me in a weird spot, and I don't, it made me a bit uncomfortable. I was like, oh. Meanwhile, on yeah. my side, I think wanting to have a sleep is a very good reason to not have children. <laughs> <laughs> they don't give a fuck about Children life. keep you awake all the damn time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But... But realistically, like, oh god, I'm so tired all the time now just taking care of me, an adult. I can't imagine. Anyway, that's not a reason why Lily and James would have not had a child. I, like, I don't know enough about them, but I think they probably would have prioritized a child over sleep. Yeah, what James does in his school years, while he's at school full time, (laughs) is fucking sneak out all the time at night and go exploring. I'm, bitch, I'm asleep for that, okay? (laughs) 9pm is sleep time. I know. I'm tired. Like, (laughs) yesterday I accidentally stayed up till 3am and I've been regretting it ever since I woke up. It's miserable. I hate that I did that to myself. Yeah. You've been the kind of person who's had weird sleep schedules throughout their life. I've never been like that. I've been consistently, I need to get to sleep at a certain time and And wake up early. I'm so, I'm so furious with myself because like you said, I've had fucked sleep patterns my entire life, but I went on antidepressants and when I was on antidepressants I was able to kind of use them as a sleep aid because of the side effects and the way they affected me Mm -hmm. and I was able to like forcibly reset my sleep patterns and for the first time in my life I was going to sleep at like 10 11pm and I was waking up at like 6 or 7am and holy shit Mm -hmm. amazing it's the best I've ever felt in my entire life sleep is amazing it does wonders for your health Oh, it was so, so good. And I kept it up for like a year and then COVID came along and ruined me. As soon as I was inside my house, the concept of time disappeared. It's gone. And I've ruined my sleep pattern again. And as terrified as I am to step back out into the real world, God, I need my sleep pattern back. I cannot wait until i can reset myself a consistent sleep pattern is like god's gift honestly like Mm -hmm. ladies gents whatever's any any people of any gender i have some tips for you about keeping a man (laughs) okay (laughs) here's my one tip on keeping a relationship functional get them to your same sleep schedule okay when i met josh he had a whack sleep schedule he'd go to sleep at any time that he felt like it i got him on a sleep routine and now he'll never leave me. <laughs> because now he gets a good night's sleep. He's a healthy, happy boy. <laughs> he's ready to go at all times of the day. He's, he's, like, got his right... His brain's good. His body's good. He's all, he's all there. And he has me to thank for that. <laughs> we laugh. But yesterday, like, not even yesterday, this morning at... 3am this morning, if someone had walked into my house and taken the PlayStation controller out of my hands and been like, it's bedtime, you fuck, I would have married them on the spot. I I don't have that kind of self-control. Yeah. It's how how you keep your mans. (laughs) This episode is so stupid. The next reason to have a child is to give your children the chance to enjoy existence. And the reason to not have a child is poor eating and lifestyle habits that I guess you don't want to pass on to the child, or you don't (sighs) want the child to disrupt your poor eating and lifestyle habits. I don't (laughs) know. I guess the message is, like, if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of a kid. Yeah. Which I guess is, yeah, valid. I can't take care of myself. That's valid, Um, yeah. As I've proven. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I think, as far as... We don't know much about James and Lily, but... (sighs) I think in order to survive a war, you have to be in survival mode all the time, which means, I guess, setting yourself up for into patterns of, like, oh, I'm going to eat at this time so I have enough energy to survive for this bit longer. <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> like, we don't know what kind of... The, like, magical wars are very different to human wars, yeah. so it's hard to ascertain what it's like to be a soldier in a ma- magical war. Especially when you're fucking moneybags, James. Like, who knows what his life was like? I doubt he's, like... Fucking in the trenches living off his can of beans rations. Like I don't know yeah, what he was doing. Pulling chats off the lads' heads as they eat their bread and mutton. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not happening. It's not exactly like keep calm and carry on. We're living through the blitz sort of thing, because the muggle world is there almost totally unaffected by what's going on. So like if you need a break from the war, just go for a fucking walk through the neighborhood. <laughs> go for a fucking bun from the pub. <laughs> I don't know. Like- like, yeah, no, I doubt that's real. Like, surely there'd be people tracking each other all the time. You wouldn't be able to just go for a walk to the local bowls club. I don't know what... I'm just trying oh, to name, not, But, like... I'm just trying to name British landmarks. <laughs> Pub. <laughs> bowls club. Bowls club. War memorials. <laughs> um, that's a big palace. <laughs> Country <know>. clubs. <laughs> yeah. You know, British things. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is so dumb. I'm sleep-deprived. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> I'm just living my life, hey. I've just got weird stuff going on. Anyway, I have an argument. Are we done okay, with this list? Let's, yeah, I'll just read the rest of it because this is stupid and going nowhere. So, here are the other reasons to have children. To give meaning to your life. To create and mould a life. To fix the mistakes of your parents. Oh my god. And then finally, number one reason, social pressure and expectations. Oof! That is the number one reason. <laughs> Um, to give meaning to your life yikes yikes! reasons to not have children overpopulation, logistics, passing down physical and mental health issues and then marital issues yeah, jeez, okay anyway, all of that was a big yikes (laughs) what would you like to say let's get back into our Harry Potter based arguments I have two, basically two more arguments. We sort of discussed the wartime panic theory that Molly Weasley presented. of Like, oh, everyone was running away and eloping and going into things quickly because it was wartime. And we discussed the fact that they matured quite young and they want children quite early. Here's my other two theories. I'm going to start with my last one because I think it's more relevant. Um, I call it Viva la Revolution. Uh, Uh So we know James and Lily defied Voldemort three times. Once was when they refused to join the Death Eaters. The second was when they joined and fought for the Order... Well, this is my prediction, sorry. I think the second is when they join a fort for the Order. And I think the third is starting a family. I think that's their oh. third act against Voldemort. Because James, a pure-blood paragon, uh, li- existing in these you know, pure-blood families for li- long lineages of time, decides to marry and have a child with a Muggle born.
1: I'm not mm-hmm. saying that they
0: necessarily did it for revolutionary reasons, but isn't like a, a, it kind of big Gryffindor energy? If you're in love with someone and you just want to express your love and start a family and have, like a future with them and then the whole world is being like literally killing people to say no you can't do that with someone that's got this blood type and then you Mm -hmm. do it anyway that seems big Gryffindor energy to me and so that is big Gryffindor energy that's another one of my theories where I think they would have wanted to have a child as well it's like you know we deserve the right to have a child together. there's nothing wrong with it it's actually just part of our love and our life and you know we should be able to live our lives how we want to Can I just say, I absolutely love your interpretation of how they thrice defied Voldemort. Because I always imagine, like... Thank you, I'm very proud of it. Yeah, three (laughs) times they got into a punch-up with Voldemort. I never thought about it that way. But your way is so much better. Yeah. That they defied Voldemort, yeah, through living their lives. The first time was then being like, no, we don't want to be part of your regime, we don't want to be part of the Death Eaters. Yeah. And then I, we know there's two other times and I sort of predict that the second one was joining Dumbledore's, like, you know... You know side and all this sort of stuff, yeah. And then the third time, I'm like, Oh, what if it was having Harry like, literally getting married and starting their own lives? Yeah, I love would have it. Been a, a direct act against Voldemort's dogma, rejecting his ideology, fighting against his ideology, and then choosing to live their lives by the exact opposite ideology. Three big defiances sex is an act of revolution, yeah. George Orwell. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think that was a quote, whatever. I don't know. Um, anyway. <laughs> I've only read Harry Potter. I haven't read any other book, so there's no way to tell. <laughs> yeah, love yeah, that. That's one of my theories. That's great. Are you just going to accept that one? Yeah, I'm not going to argue against that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then here's my last theory. <laughs> what argument could I possibly say against that? <laughs> my last theory is called contraception. Okay. <laughs> so. This is a big, big topic. I know. <laughs> Fun fact before we get too deep into it, though. There's a Swiss manufacturing company that created a prophylactic called Harry Popper. The image on the label is of a bubbled condom with circular glasses, a magic wand, and a tongue sticking out. And yes, Warner Bros. sued them. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> My one <laughs> request to listeners out there is if anyone has any proof of evidence of this Harry Popper condoms, please send a picture to me. Please, I'm begging you. I need to see it. <laughs> Like, real-life evidence. I don't want to see Google Images. I want to see you holding it. (laughs) Okay. Are there any still in existence? The most precious condoms of all time. (laughs) My basic argument is that wizards, they've got fucking potions that turn your hair blue. Surely they've got something that can, you know, keep your cycle in place or get rid of an unwanted pregnancy there's got to be some sort of contraception magic out there. Mm-hmm. And if there was, and Lily desperately didn't want the child because of reasons we discussed, wartime, whatever, she she and James could have worked out a way to prevent themselves from having children with magic. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. There has been online theories. Fetus deletus is one mm-hmm. common joke. Yeah. Yeah, the running joke. <laughs> I just think that... It's possible and if they had desperately wanted to not have the child they would have Mm -hmm. found a way I definitely want to do an episode on like sex and magic yeah same and like what sort of magical contraceptives exist if they exist at all because we know that wizarding society is deeply traditional yeah yeah that's the other thing and I don't know other aspects of sex and magic which I won't get into right now I want to do an episode on all of that for now, I'm happy to say that there's got to be some sort of magical contraceptive, which is hopefully more reliable mm. than our non-magical But even so, versions. Lily's a muggle-born. Even if there isn't a magical contraceptive, which I don't believe, she's a muggle-born. She was raised in the 60s. Yeah. She knows about the pill. She knows about condoms. She knows about these sorts of contraceptives and things that women do and all this sort of stuff. Surely she would have been like, oh shit, I have a baby that I can't have right now, I I don't want right now. She should have, she could have known of things that she could have done if she desperately didn't want to have a child. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I don't really want to get into a discussion of like, what's it called? Um, fuck. Where some people think abortions are good and some people think they aren't. What's that debate called? Uh, the choice? I don't know. The choice debate? I don't know. Choice debate? I, my brain has blanked. Pro-life, pro-choice? Yeah. Reproductive rights? Uh, okay. That whole discussion... Sorry, my brain has blanked on the words that I use. <laughs> reproductive rights as quotations for control of women's bodies rights. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. I don't want to get into that whole discussion. But yeah, I'm happy to accept that like Lily would have had access to those sorts of choices if she'd wanted to take them. So it seems realistic that even if harry wasn't a planned pregnancy he was like a a wanted child that makes sense with everything that we know about lily and james but the topic today mm. is is he an accident i mean i could accept that it it could be the case but like we we're just discussing where harry was accidentally conceived and then like oh we want him though but he's still an accident though yeah so he's a happy accident a happy accident that's what they call it yeah <laughs> yeah i think the i think the most likely explanation for harry is that he's in happy accident but i do have another deeply upsetting explanation if you'd like to hear it oh god is it prophecy bullshit yeah i (laughs) thought so (laughs) here's my take what if harry wasn't planned by lillian james but he was planned by somebody else uh, someone like, <laughs> someone who knew about the prophecy uh, someone who has very few morals, uh, who's very manipulative, uh, who's very comfortable playing with other people's lives oh my god especially when they're loyal to him someone who has experience fighting wars and battling dark wizards what if Dumbledore planned this pregnancy? how? <laughs> has he got a diary tracking the least cycle? Like what is he gonna do? Is he gonna light scented candles in their house and then be like, oops, I was never here and just disappear? What the fuck's he gonna do? I don't know how. I look, let your mind (laughs) write the story. (laughs) I'm gonna say like anywhere from just like having having a conversation where he like deeply emotionally manipulates Lily or and or James into thinking that having a child is a great idea that should be done right now. Or some sort of magical oh, tampering. God. Which I don't want to hypothesize. But, like, here's the thing. When you said magical tampering, my mind just went to, like, Dumbledore just getting a condom pack and Just, like, getting a pin. Yeah, just <laughs> be <elves laughs> <in> condoms. <laughs> which I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. But here's the thing. Dumbledore heard the prophecy, and he knew mm. of two young couples who had both thrice-defied Voldemort. So what if... Dumbledore somehow orchestrated, I don't want to guess how, but somehow orchestrated or even just encouraged both Lily Potter and Alice Longbottom to have a child, knowing that one of those children would eventually be the child of prophecy who would one day defeat Voldemort. Okay, sorry, I got confused for a second because I thought the prophecy was made after Harry was born. No, because it's... The child who... Oh, wait. Okay. Are we going to have to look up the wording of the prophecy? But isn't it like the child who will defeat Voldemort will be born as the eighth month dies or something? Seventh month dies. Okay. All right. Never mind. Okay. I can get the exact word. <laughs> oh, I hate everyone everyone. Everyone. No, I know the wording. It's the one with the power to defeat the Dark Lord is coming. Born to parents who have thrice defied him. Born as the seventh month dies. Okay, never mind. Sorry. Yeah. I I don't think so. Like, I know Dumbledore's a master manipulator, puppet master, creepy bloke, but I don't think that he had that much foresight to convince someone to have a baby. Even then, if it was approaching, my instinct is that Lily was maybe five months pregnant at that point, or whatever. And, you know... The seed had already been sown, (laughs) as they say, (laughs) so I just don't, I don't believe that theory. (laughs) Here's another wild theory. In our Prophecy and Fate episode, I said that Trelawney making the prophecy about Harry slash Neville, like, only happened at the exact moment it happened because the exact circumstances Mm -hmm. that allowed the entire timeline to work out, blah, 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 blah. You can listen to that episode if you want to hear that argument again, but what if... Trelawney got the prophecy at the exact second that Harry was conceived. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) The minute that the sperm swam into the egg. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The second the egg attached to the uterine lining and became a viable pregnancy. (laughs) Oh god, I hate that so much. (laughs) Well then, that just proves my argument that it was all planned by time. (laughs) (laughs) The forces of nature. Not necessarily planned by James and Lily, but definitely in the grand scheme of things, Harry Potter was a planned pregnancy. <laughs> he was not an accident. <laughs> there are no accidents. What's that from again? I don't know. I, felt, I don't know Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen that's listeners. Um. This episode was wild. Yes, it truly was. There was so much personal stuff in here, and like weird takes (laughs) on things. I think it's a true return to form for podcast nine hundred and three. Opening rant about the current political situation. Weird personal anecdotes. Very little focus on Harry Potter. Anyway, should we wrap it up? There, I guess. I guess we haven't really come to a conclusion, but I think that. My theory stands that Harry was planned one way or another, whether it was by the greater the greater forces of the universe, by James and Lily themselves, who just wanted to live their lives, live, love, love, start a family, in in face of this horrible <laughs> dogma that says that they can't do it because their blood types don't match. Um, I think that Harry was a planned mm-hmm. child, and even if he wasn't, he was a loved child. He was a wanted child. And that's, in the end, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. That's what counts. I think there's no way to know, but I, I lean toward Harry being an accident, but a happy accident. Yeah, I do like that Like, too. you know, yeah, we weren't planning for this to happen, but, you know, in the middle of this chaos and destruction, suddenly a new life is being created. And isn't that so magical and wonderful and, oh, we're so happy and blessed. I think that's the general vibe. Yeah. But I really like the idea that you know, Lily and James sitting down and talking and deciding to create a family together is their third defiance of Voldemort. And the thing that, you know, qualifies them for the prophecy check that box. Mm. I really like that idea. That's a really cool welcome, fun idea. <laughs> well, I've been Jem And I believe that women should have total autonomy over their bodies and their reproductive rights, and anyone who says otherwise is immoral and should stop listening to us if that's what you believe. God, I've been Ria. Wow, sorry, I don't even know how to follow that up. I've been Ria, and I did not get enough sleep last night. Goodbye. See you next episode. Bye, listeners. Thanks for listening. If you want to support us or get in touch, the links to our social media and Patreon are in the show notes. Please feel free to send us so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea, just to avoid them. You'll hear from us again in two weeks time. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.